and welcome back to another episode of the Broplist Podcast. As always, I am here with Nathan. Nathan's back in the country. <laughs> Not looking as tanned as I probably hoped he would, being away. But yeah, Nathan, how are we feeling being back in Middlesbrough, being back in the country? Yeah, brilliant to be back. Got my first moment back in the Riverside on Wednesday night and was at Derby yesterday, but we'll get on to that. So yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll certainly get on to that. As you can tell already, it's slightly less of a, a good mood, should we say. It's, um, it's a little bit subdued after, after what has been an eventful week for the club um, and results. But yeah, we'll, we'll delve into that right now. So, first of all, Nathan, it was your first game back, as we mentioned, and we've previously mentioned you were away in your luxury villa in Portugal, but you were finally back in the Riverside on Wednesday night. Just firstly, how good was it to be back in that stadium? Yeah, I mean, fantastic. Seeing all the people that you haven't seen for the last 18 months since the last home game against Forest, which is a world away, about two years ago now. So, yeah, crazy to see all those people and see the ground in all its glory again with Bora playing on it, not England this time. Yeah. And of course, we spoke about it last week as well. What choice did you go for in the stadium for, for pre-match food? Because I, I actually went for something else and we lost. <laughs> so potentially, the QBR result was actually my fault for not getting a cheeseburger, as I said last week. Well... I didn't actually get anything from the concourse, which is a bit of a nightmare considering it was the first game back. But I did take myself a Kinder Bueno, which good. It is a good shout, but yeah. it didn't pay off, did it? With the uh, lucky charm. Nah, the the Kinder Bueno wasn't the wasn't the lucky result, was it? Really, <laughs> but still a very a very good chocolate bar, to be honest. So, on to the serious matter. Going into QPR, we said last week. We want to get six points out the week. But we did speak of QPR being a more difficult game. Obviously, it was an unchanged team that went into the game. Were you happy with that, Nathan? Yeah, I mean, after the Bristol City game, um, two Saturdays ago now, I, th- I think everyone will have been happy with the same team, really. I think we dominated Bristol City a few weeks ago. And... We look to continue that going into this week, so unchanged team was fair enough. Yeah, so it was an unchanged team. And to be honest, we really started off where we left off after the Bristol City result. We were quick out the traps in the first half and really showed a lot of promise. You know, we were dangerous going forward. The atmosphere, again, was brilliant back in the stadium. And we managed to get that all-important goal to, to open the scoring, which is always so important at home games especially. Big Uche from the spot. I don't think there was any real questions uh, uh, about the penalty decision, but the big man stuck it away. Did you have any doubt that he could potentially miss? Uh, it's just one of them, isn't it? With Borough strikers in recent years, I don't think anyone's ever confident with a Borough striker stepping up for a for a penalty. The only one I'd be confident with is Grant Ledbetter, but... yeah. You know, Unfortunately, unfortunately, Grant can't always be around. Do you know, honestly, I think that a rule should be introduced that Grant Lever can just come on the pitch whenever we have a penalty. 
sort of like an NFL type thing where he just comes on and takes <laughs> pens and then just goes straight back off. Yeah, it's got to be done it. Grant Ledbetter comes on, puts a penalty away and does a terrific knee slide into the corner flag and then just yeah, goes he off. It. He loved a knee slide, didn't he? But yeah, <laughs> Uche made no mistakes, straight down the middle. And what a celebration again from him, by the way. He really does love it when he scores. He absolutely loves it, doesn't he? He loves the Riverside. I mean, two and two now for him at the Riverside. Continue it, hopefully. I Fingers mean, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? It would be lovely, wouldn't it? But yes, that was sort of really the, the end of the the first half. Obviously, we went in 1-0 up and it was, it was looking promising again. But then... We'll come out for the second half and it was a little bit flat, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it's one of those. I think after the first 15 minutes in the first half, QPR did have a lot of the ball and they move it really, really well. Um, attacking players look so fluid for them, really, with the wing backs as well, bombing forwards. They, were, they just look like a really, really good football inside and... Yeah, they passed it round us in that opening stages of the second half and they got the just reward, making it 1-1 quite pretty much in an instant, really, wasn't it? Yeah, and obviously for the first goal, I think we've got to talk about Johnny Housen's mistake leading up to the goal. And obviously it was his own goal in the end, but just sloppy really in the midfield. And that's sort of a, a topic that we want to discuss really because... Over the past two games, and, and I think more so definitely in the QPR game, the balance in the midfield just seemed a little bit off. And in terms of personnel, the, the performances, it, it wasn't really a, a Johnny House and or a Paddy McNair type performance that we've become used to really over the years. Yeah, I think in particular that QPR game, we, we did really get overrun in midfield. I think Johansson for QPR was fantastic and yeah his time wasting was quite frustrating as well for me watching on from my seat he's he was fantastic the other night really and he did have the better of Housen and McNair himself yeah and one player we we did mention in midfield also Chris Willock we we mentioned him the week prior and he goes and scores I mean whether that's a good reflection of our knowledge or I'm not sure but yeah it wasn't it, it wasn't really a convincing performance in midfield. And I, I think obviously we'll get on to the we'll get on to the game yesterday, but it, it definitely raised question marks about Johnny House and, and and I tweeted after the game that it was mistakes made from players which were starting to let us down at the back end of last season. And obviously I, d- I don't want to be too harsh on Johnny House because he's he's been a very good performer, arguably our player of the season last year, but yeah, it was just sloppy. And I think even at Fulham, there was a few times where I noticed that he gave the ball away. And it, yeah, these little mistakes that have, have crept in recently, it's it's something that a lot of people have picked up on and, and wanted Sam Morsi in ahead of him. Is, is that something that you were noticing during the game as well? Yeah, I think in, in the in the recent few months, I think me and my, my dad have picked up on housing seems to be a bit less composed than he usually is. And I think he's more looking to play the ball long, really, in the channels when there's really no one there 
And I don't know if that's been drilled into him by the coaching staff at Borough to just like punt it long. Hit the channels, yeah. Hit the channels, but yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure. But yeah, Mar- Marcy obviously will will and did get his chance yesterday. So we'll speak on that later as well. Yeah. And obviously, quite quickly after equalising, they went on and, and got the second and another man that we mentioned again, whether that is our, our knowledge or not. We're, we're, so it's not really up for us to decide, I suppose. But yeah, Lyndon Dyke scored. And I think question marks are definitely got to be thrown at Joe Lumley for that second goal. Yeah, I mean, Dykes fires that in at the in the only place really he can strike the ball at, which is at Joe Lumley, really, in that near post. And he, he I mean he, he should be doing better, really, shouldn't he? It's gone through him. He should be saving it. Yeah, fun fact about Lyndon Dykes, actually, you probably won't know this. My brother actually used to live with Lyndon Dykes. <laughs> really? Yeah, bit of a strange one, yeah. Back <laughs> in the Queen of the South days, yeah, they used to they used to live together. So I asked I asked Nick to message him after the game and then call him some names. But yeah, for obvious reasons, Nick wasn't really up for sending <laughs> messages to London. So yeah, we'll we'll move on from that. And and obviously there was that initial sign of optimism of Isaiah Jones again down that left, tirelessly running, chasing, dribbling, everything you want from your wingers, won the ball back, laid it off to our favourite man, Matt Crooks, and what a finish, really. Yeah, fantastic finish. But I think all the all applauded for that goal need to go to Isaiah Jones. I mean, got the ball down that left-hand side, tried to beat his man, and I think the cross got blocked. And QPR dilly-dallying on the ball towards the corner, deciding whether they're going to punt it long or play it short. Jones comes back in, wins it off his man, goes down the line again, plays it into Crooks, and yeah, smashes it top corner and... That I thought, I think everyone thought after that that we were going to go on and try and win the game. Yeah, at that point, I think everyone in the stadium really thought, well, here we go. You know, the atmosphere again was brilliant. And it just felt like this was going to be another game that we were going to take something from. That wasn't to be the case, obviously, in typical Borough fashion. As soon almost as we'd equalised, QPR were ahead again. As we said, Chris Willick was on the score sheet, had far too much time to pick his spot and rolled it into the back of the net. Now, firstly, do you think Dale Fry potentially could have got out to Willick quicker? And secondly, question marks about Lumley again, or would that be a a harsh assumption? Uh, I think in the case of that third QPR goal, watching the build-up to it, they popped the ball about so quickly and they they were... For the second goal and for the third goal, both both of the goals got through our gap between the left-back baller and the left centre-back, which was Fry on the night. So maybe they've picked that out as a weak spot for us, possibly. I don't really know, but it certainly was weak um, on Wednesday evening. They, they They got both... Both goals through neat play and, yeah, fantastic goals for them. Yeah, and obviously there was that big talking point after the game 
obviously Neil Warnock really wasn't very happy and made it known. We, we all saw the video of him on, on Sky Sports telling the referees exactly what he thought. But I think he, he had every reason, really, looking back at that Charlie Austin incident. And, I mean, it was a red card, wasn't it? I don't think there's much more to be said about it. Yeah, I mean, it's the most blatant red card I think you can ever see. The, you can see the ball bounce as Hall's got his head in his hands pretty much after being nutted by Charlie Austin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know whether the lino hasn't seen it, the referee hasn't seen it, but Neil Warnock and the coaching staff certainly have. And yeah, he's definitely not going to be pleased with yeah. that. And it's not the first time that um, officials in the championship have been a bit iffy. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, well, I think Warnock mentioned that the referee had actually seen it and had said that it was a coming together. So, I mean, what what game the referee was watching, obviously we are slightly biased, but I think anyone seeing the video would realise that that was a red card and you just can't do that on a football pitch, really. Yeah, it's one of them. I think it's definitely not a coming together. And I think when the referee's got his report the next morning, he's looking at it thinking, how have I, even, how have I missed that? Yeah, I think even the referee will be, will be disappointed with himself, to be honest. Or at least he should be anyway. Yeah, he should be 100% yeah. with that one. So in terms of that result, obviously it wasn't the result we were hoping for. And I think, to be fair, we've got to give a little bit of credit to QPR because, as you mentioned, the, the played through the thirds very effectively. Their midfield were excellent, I thought. And, and really, that's sort of what a lot of Middlesbrough fans probably want us to play like we want to be that passing and moving team obviously that's not to be the case and it's not always the right way to play but yeah just a quick little bit about QPR and what do you think that they could achieve this season? Yeah I, I did a championship prediction not long ago and I, I predicted them to be in the top half of the playoffs they, they have that squad depth which is so key in the championship they've got Charlie Austin and Lyndon Dykes up front that have both been able to score double figures in the championship in recent seasons. Of course, Austin hit double figures in the Premier League not not too long ago for QPR. And yeah, they have they have backup everywhere across the across the field really for them. And yeah, I think one person that needs to be looked at is Rob Dickey. He he was fantastic at bringing the ball out from the back three the other night. Yeah, a lot of credit to QPR. But just in terms of, again, what we were missing, obviously, it, it, I don't think the performance in general was as bad as what perhaps, looking at the result, you may have thought. Obviously, it's it's not really in our nature to concede three goals, but what do you think was missing from that QBR performance? Do you think it was a midfield thing? A lot of people spoke about the substitutions and taking Ick Piazu off. That's a, a, another point that we'll want to talk a little bit about later. But what do you think was really missing from that performance? Um, I think it's it's one of them where in recent years when we've played sides that have gone down to 10 men in games we always seem to struggle which is very strange It shouldn't be the case, should it? Yeah, it shouldn't be the case at all but yeah, it's, it's a reoccurring theme and I, I'm not quite sure why it happens really because it shouldn't um, 
But yeah, maybe we just run out of ideas and our game plan goes out the window because we we seem to man mark a lot against sides that are decent at passing the ball and have a lot of possession and maybe going down to 10 completely makes us think, well, who's meant to have who? And I, I'm not really sure. But we when sides go down to 10, I think any any team that has the extra man needs to be looking to dominate the ball a lot more, which we haven't. Yeah, I think, as you say, again, it, it comes back to balance, really. And that balance just wasn't there really all night. There was there was a lot of times where, you know, QPR defender, as you mentioned, Rob Dickey and Jordy Device as, as well, were just quite literally just strolling through the middle of the pitch. And it, it just seemed like we were at sixes and sevens and no one was really sure who to pick up. And do you think that's going to be a problem going forward? Obviously, we do play with quite a, a, a rigid formation and it's very much you do your job and I'll do mine. And when a team does come like QPR and, and try and plays around that, do you think that is going to let us down a lot this season? Uh, it's, it's a strange one, really, because I don't think really that there's going to be many other better sides in possession of the ball than QPR. They, they were fantastic the other night. And I know I keep giving them praise, but they do, they do deserve it going down to 10 and being 1-0 down at half-time as well it, in a game where they know that Borough and the crowd are going to be up for it. But yeah, I think it's one of them. I, 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 it's still disappointing. Still, I'm still gutted. I'm still gutted by it, yeah. really. I can't. I can't um I can't see how we've lost the game. Unfortunately. Well, at least at least got a point. Even a point. Yeah. Uh, it just it just wasn't to be in the end. So from the disappointment of Wednesday night, we then moved on to Derby in a game that we both said if we want to be challenging for them playoffs, it was a game that we had to win. And we didn't achieve the win. Again, as always, when we're talking about these fixtures, when the lineup was released, were you pleased to see a few names drop out and a few names come in? Hall and it was Johnny Housen who was spoke about. Were you happy to see them changes? I mean, yeah, I think Tavernier's introduction is one that Borough fans look to look at and think. Yeah, we're going for it today. Um, we didn't really know when he'd be back fit. Um, after Warnock had said he could be a few weeks away last week. But yeah, it yesterday it weren't his best game. But before the game, you look at Tavernier, Jones, Ikepiezu, Crooks, those four players there, you look at it and think, well, Surely we're going to create some chances today with those those lads on the pitch, but but it wasn't to be. Yeah, Nathan, as you say, obviously we had the, the attacking lineup that a lot of fans would have been hoping to see. Obviously, Tavernier was back, and to me, I would say that it looked like he was half fit. I don't know how you feel about that, but yeah, again, it, it seemed like the game plan was really just pass it to Isaiah Jones and hope for the best, to be honest, which, I mean, I'm not against because he's been terrific. But, yeah, we just didn't really create as many openings and chances as what you would probably hope going to the old cliche team like Derby at the moment. Yeah, I mean, 
looking at Derby and their squad and their situation at the moment, I think last week we touched on it saying we've got to go there and try and get three points. And us saying that made Borough do the complete opposite. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, we, we didn't create all too many chances at all, really. I can think of, off the top of my head, Ikpiezu had a half chance. Crooks hit the bar. Yeah, there was the house and header. The house and header, yeah. You, for, for me, I think, I know Warnock said yesterday that it was a good save by the keeper, but for me, I personally think Johnny Housen's got to be scoring there. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't seen it back since being in the ground yesterday, but... From yeah, it did look like he probably should have scored coming in and he was free at the back post as well. I mean, it's a whole different story if that goes in. Obviously, we'll, we'll forget about not creating chances and everyone goes home thinking, well, that was the absolute perfect away day performance. You know, don't really let the, the home side have many chances, which in fairness, they didn't really create anything too dangerous obviously both both sides struggle to create all afternoon really but yeah it wasn't a B but a little bit of praise I think it's got to go to Joe Joe Lumley if I can get my words out correctly yeah first mistake Um, hopefully the only mistake but yes Joe Lumley Middlesbrough's number one he did probably, I think he would even admit himself, let himself down a little bit against QPR, but I think he redeemed himself yesterday. And I, I think I saw it was a first clean sheet for a Middlesbrough goalkeeper since March. So that is an achievement in itself. But yeah, a lot of a lot of credit to Joel on me yesterday. Yeah, he made, he made some good saves, to be fair. Um, he made a good save from a free kick. I can't remember who took the free kick, actually. It may have been Ravel Morrison, I'm not too sure. But yeah, he did, he did make some good saves and we did have a, a nice sing-song to him towards the end of the game. Ain't nobody like Joe Lumley. Yeah, it's a, it's a good chant that, you know, there's a few new chants going about this season. Definitely the Abba Isaiah Jones chant. I'm a yeah. massive fan of that. But yeah, I think the ain't nobody. We've, we've missed that since Suey left. So yeah, I'm a big fan of that, I'll be honest. Yeah, the Isaiah Jones chant was... Deep it was bouncing yesterday. yesterday. We, we should say, obviously, you've mentioned it, but you were there yesterday. Again, I was an armchair fan. And, <laughs> and I did watch the game, obviously, but um, yeah, you were in the stadium. But yes, um, what a chant. Yeah, fantastic. I think the uh, the Red Faction boys towards the end, uh, the back end of the away end, were booming it out from pretty much minute one till about minute 20. It yeah. was... Superb. Yeah. Superb from all of them, really, yeah. Yeah. So moving moving on, I suppose, to a different topic, but obviously it, it come out after the game as, as part of Neil Warnock's post-match press conference. Now, this is the most interesting part of this podcast, I, I probably would say, or definitely will be for listeners or viewers or whatever. Now, Neil Warnock made some comments last night that really received a massive mixed reaction and a lot of negativity. Now, just for people that may not often, I'm I'm sure everyone listening will have heard the comments. When asked about Mitchell Van Bergen, who we are obviously set to sign, we will talk about transfers just after that. His response was, now to do with me. Now, after that, he then went on to say, 
that he wouldn't want more than two overseas. I think I don't want to misquote him. It might have been on, on the continent the players. Yeah. yeah, because quote. I prefer lads that will do it in the championship. Now, Nathan, straight away, I'm just going to ask your thoughts on both of those because they received a lot of negativity last night and I think potentially <laughs> rightfully so. Yeah, I think the Van Bergen one, now to do with me, quite funny because it's just like short and sweet. Now it's to do with so me. Neil Warnock, isn't it? It's yeah, so pure... Neil Warnock. Now, it could have been, obviously we weren't we you can't see the manager's facial expressions and things like that but the way it's being quoted it it looks like it was a, a sort of he said it in a serious way and he generally doesn't know but it may have been tongue-in-cheek but from the way that we've read it and understood it it just seems slightly confusing really doesn't it yeah however i think this goes to prove that we are um, looking towards the future, really. I mean, Van Bergen's 21, um, pl- playing in the Eredivisie, and he's got a lot of plaudits, actually, really, for um, his performances over there. And A lot of this, plaudits and a FIFA card as well. And for the FIFA, FIFA players listening and watching, yeah, there's been a I'm, lot. I've, I've seen a lot of hype about his FIFA card. Now, I'd... I didn't know about it, but yeah, apparently he's got a great FIFA card. So that's all. That's always a bonus for the. Yeah, I mean, that's all we need. That's probably where our recruitment team port, um, prior to Kieran Scott have probably signed him from, actually. Yeah, but, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, could be us looking to the future. I mean, Neil Warnock's not going to be at the club forever. The club will move forward without Neil Warnock. So. If it is nothing to do with him, okay, fair enough. But, yeah, it looks promising. And then going on to the quote, I prefer lads that will do it in the Championship. Well, Ikpiezu, one season in the Championship for Wickham Wanderers, scored six goals. Crooks, in and out of the Championship, with Rotherham going up and down between the Championship and League One. Lads that will do it in the championship. I mean, it's it's one of them where you look at it and you think, perhaps he means lads that have played in the championship previously rather than yeah. lads that will do it in the championship. But yeah, a very, a very strange one to look at given our past with Karanka bringing a lot of players in from abroad. And um, yeah, I, I mean, that's just very strange. For me, I just, I don't really know what he was trying to achieve with the comments, you know. Obviously, going into the season, he he spoke a lot about everyone being together and, you know, home fans, and it's been a great atmosphere and and pretty positive, to be honest, up until the QPR result. But even then, you know, the, the atmosphere was still positive and there was definitely no question marks about us going forward. But, yeah, the the comments that he made, I just, yesterday, I just... I was really trying to understand what he was, in a way, what he was trying to say, but also why he thought that that was needed. Obviously, we've brought in Kieran Scott, and as you say, we're we're obviously looking to go in a certain direction, and that's looking past Warnock in reality. But the, the comments didn't really seem to help anyone. You know, it just, again, confuses fans 
confuses really probably some of the players that were actually looking to sign. And it it just raises a lot of questions as to oh, is the club going in two different directions at the moment? Obviously, we've, we have brought in, and it's quite clear to see which signings that Warnock's made, and it's quite clear to see which signings the club have probably made or are looking to make. But, yeah, just a very confusing post-match press conference from him yesterday. Yeah, on that, I think the, the main word is contrast between Neil Warnock and the reports that we're getting on the transfer front, really. I think, so we've signed Piero, obviously from abroad, being linked to Andras Sparar, who I think we'll get on to as well, from abroad in Europe, and now Van Bergen. So there's three that have been mentioned. We've been linked with Muniz. Okay, that one fell through, but that's also a player from abroad. And we've been linked to pl- plenty of others as well with the Italian striker Seri and a few others. So it is very strange for Neil Warnock to come out and say, I only want two or three players from off- from on the continent. It doesn't really add up with the reports that are coming out about the club's transfer business. Yeah, and just slightly moving on to transfers and, and on the same topic, really, this morning we saw the comments that Warnock made about Tuber Akpom and I think it's fair to say that Tuber Akpom certainly is not flavour of the month with Neil Warnock and despite last year supposedly being his top target and how delighted he, he was to get Tuber Akpom at the club, his time at the club looks to be coming to an end and his comments this morning about even if Akpom doesn't get a move, that he won't be considered for the first team. Again, it's just, it is very confusing and, and contrasting, as you said. Obviously, we were brought in Tuba last year, and it's it's fair to say that it probably hasn't worked out, but it is partially probably Akpom. He hasn't really contributed the goals I think a lot of people were hoping for. But in the same breath, I think, you know, it's, it's difficult with signing these strikers where I don't actually think Tuba Akpom fits into the style that we're trying to play in. Even last year, you know, there's, there's been a slight change with obviously the addition of wingers at the start of this season, but Akpom was never really the type of striker that you would associate with, with Warnock, at least that's what I think. And I think, to be honest, unless Tuba Akpom has done something seriously wrong behind the scenes, which may be the case, but it may not be as well, I just think the, the comments again are a little bit harsh because if he doesn't get the move, he's going to be very unmotivated and we're just going to have Tubrak on what, sitting in the reserves or? Yeah, it, it is very strange, especially considering he did come off the bench on Wednesday night. So to say, to completely drop him from the squad, it's it again doesn't add up. It's strange. And of course, yeah, the comments coming from Neil Warnock about Chubrak Pom are more, I think, more than harsh, really. I, I don't, of course, we don't know what's gone on behind the scenes. But for me, he hasn't done anything wrong. It hasn't worked out for him. 
which it, it happens, unfortunately. Moves don't work out for players and for Tuberac Pom it hasn't. But yeah, it looks like you'll be you'll be moving out the out of the Borough exit door, but I'll wish him good luck. It just didn't work out, it's unfortunate. Yeah, and, and two of the players that we have mentioned, just moving more on to transfers now. Andras Barar. Now we fortunately were able to speak to friend of ours, Yannick Balassi. I'm not sure if I can call him a friend, really. He just follows us on Twitter. So we spoke a little bit with him. And, yeah, he, he gave us a little bit of an insight into what Spra might have to offer. His quote was, a great striker whose movement is top-notch and a quality finisher in the box. You're getting a genuine European pedigree striker. Now, that sounds very promising to me. But yeah, when you when I told you about these quotes and, and what Yannick had to say, it, it definitely sounds promising. To hear a genuine European pedigree striker. Yeah, that was the bit that stood out, wasn't it? Yeah. That, I mean, what a, what a quote that is from Yannick, really. I think if we get any anyone anywhere near a genuine European pedigree striker, then things are certainly looking up, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. And speaking of, of European pedigree, obviously Mitchell Van Bergen. And just quickly, I think we all know what chant he's getting. There's been <laughs> a lot of people mention it, but Seven Nation Army is absolutely waiting to be filled with the lyrics that, that fit his name. But yeah, quickly moving on from that. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a quick winger. And from again, you never want to fall into the trap, but everyone does it anyway. We've, we've seen YouTube highlights of him. And to be honest, he, he looks like something that we're crying out for. We've certainly got it on the left wing with Jones, but more of a, a direct threat down the right and, and someone who looks actually quite composed in front of goal as well. Yeah, I mean, he's rapid, isn't he? I think you especially, Chris, have been very excited with the YouTube clips. I mean, we, we keep talking about the YouTube clips. Yeah, every, everyone gets excited over YouTube clips. It's just, it's football <laughs> football fan tradition, isn't it, really? If you, if you can't watch a player that you've never seen on YouTube, in some compilation with a dodgy bit of R&B. I mean, there's a mix, isn't there? There's dubstep or something dubstep like that. Or R&B. Yeah. And a few clips of someone scoring some goals in the league that you never normally watch, then what can you get excited about really, Nathan? Yeah, I think this perfectly sums sums your, uh, your reaction up. I've fallen into the trap again, but wow. <laughs> So so quick, so direct, and so composed in front of goal. And yeah, if those if those words sum up a player that we're about to sign, then yeah, let's have it. Let's get him in and let's see what he's all about. Yeah, if that if that didn't make sense to anyone watching or, or listening, that was me on well, let's think when's the link? Probably Wednesday or, or Thursday, was it? That was me yeah. after watching YouTube clips of him. <laughs> And deciding that yeah he was he was going to become a superstar, yeah absolute know, world beater. <laughs> fingers crossed, Nathan. Yeah, <laughs> man, that Neil Warnock will be hoping becomes a superstar. Obviously, we were linked with him last week and we spoke briefly about it. What a name as well, by the way. Just again, <laughs> probably the best name that we're going to be linked with all summer. But yeah, Toyosi Olasanya signed from Billericay Town. And went straight into the squad for Derby, but yeah, a signing that you're happy with. 
yeah, it's it's one that provides some promise, really. I think it is it is a slight risk, but it's a risk worth taking. He's evidently proven in the lower divisions that he's got some um, some ability, and he looks to be from YouTube clips and from Baropolis compilation videos. Yeah, that he's, uh, that he's got some real pace about him as well. So yeah, be interested to see what Toyosi is all about. But yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's such a difficult one with YouTube clips, isn't it? Now it's easy to get excited, but again, you you have to take everything with a pinch of salt that you watch on YouTube, and and obviously we're we're very excited about the prospect of of having these European stars and and even Olasanya. But yeah, it's I think we've just got to reserve judgment really and be realistic with with expectations. To be honest, with these types of signings. Yeah, I think you you don't really need to be putting pressure on players um, that come from lower leagues, really. It it is going to be a massive step up for Olasanya, but we'll see what he's all about, hopefully, in the coming weeks and give our views on him then. Yeah, definitely. Now, moving on to some Twitter questions. We tweeted out after the game and it didn't really get much of a response, to be honest. But then once... (laughs) Neil had made his comments. We certainly got a lot more questions and we thought, yeah, it was definitely something that we want to start including in the podcast, you know, fans and listeners' opinions and questions. So first question from Twitter was from Tom Strickers. Now he said, anyone very concerned with our midfield going forward? We never seem to dictate the tempo of a game and are always on the back foot. Now, it sort of ties in with Leo, who also asked about Piero settling in, and, and that's obviously another question that we'll get onto. But talking about the potential of us bringing in another midfielder and an attacking midfielder and someone that can dictate the play. But just in terms of Tom's uh, question, do you think that midfield is a position that we need to strengthen? I, I don't think it's particularly a position that we need to strengthen upon but we need to strike the balance in there, don't we? We've spoke about it earlier, about we were a bit all over the shop against QPR in midfield and got overran. But yeah, I think going forward, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure really. We can never seem to dictate the tempo of a game. Well, I don't think that's 100% right because we, in the first... 10 or so minutes. We, we have minutes. seen it in glimpses, haven't we? Against yeah. QPR, we did control the possession and it. The balance was a bit better, but not to what we probably expected. And I think that's probably also down to formation. We've obviously chopped and changed from the five to the four. But yeah, I, I, I think I think you're right with what you're saying. It We're just yet to find that balance of personnel and if we're playing a two or a three in midfield. Yeah, and... We don't really know what's best at this moment in time, do we really? Because we've changed it so much in these opening five games, if you include the Blackpool one. Yeah, and as as part of, of Leo's questions as well, he did mention Piero. Now, it's a hot topic at the moment. Obviously, a, a lot of fans, and rightly so, want to see our new number 10 
brought in from Banfield in Argentina and obviously there's a lot of excitement about him but do you think that it would be better to throw him in or do you think it's a better option you know give him a few months time to adapt and time to really sort of find his feet really before he starts playing full games or at least getting more minutes than what he's currently getting yeah I think he needs easing in of course because he has been away with Argentina in the Olympics and coming to another continent, not even just country, another continent, which is probably the culture and everything's probably so far from what it is over in Argentina. He does need to adapt, but we've seen it in the past with players that we've brought from the continent that we we do seem to give them some game time in the first few months, then ease them back out of the squad and then the back in. It's a strange one. He's he's only played I don't even about it must half, only half an hour. Yeah. Like over over two games. Yeah. So Obviously, he did get the minute at Blackpool as well in the cup, but that's not really a, a probably a true reflection of, of what we're going to see. It was obviously a, a very second string game, really, from both sides. But yeah, I think you're right. I think as much as we all hate to see it as fans, I think the realistic thing that we're, we're going to have to be is, is patient, to be honest. Now, it's a big move. And obviously, from what I'm aware of, I don't think Piero actually speaks English, which again is going to be difficult for him. And I've seen on Twitter today that, you know, these people are human. He's moved. He can't speak the language to the other side of the world. And it's going to take time to settle. And I just think as, as much as we really want to see him, I think it is probably the right decision to just ease him in slightly now. Maybe he's given more than two minutes at the end of a game. But yeah, just ease him in. And I think we've just got to be patient, really. Yeah, I mean... That's completely right. Whoever's whoever said that, the, of course, the players are only human. I He's think it was Ian Smith actually. Yeah, yeah. Ian Smith. Right. A lot of people know him on Twitter. Yeah. Good writer, written for us in the past. Great bloke as well. Yeah. Well, he's completely right. He's he's a he's a human being at the end of the day. He's come come from a completely different culture to over here in the UK, and he's probably here probably by himself as, as far as I know he doesn't have a partner so he's getting used to a new culture by himself he doesn't know the language it's probably a strange environment for him I mean Teesside's a strange environment for pretty much everyone else in the UK yeah. <laughs> anyone that goes to Teesside for the first time is probably <laughs> thinking what's all this about then yeah exactly so yeah it, it's a strange environment for everyone um not just Martin Piero, but yeah, he need, he just needs time to adapt. And I'm I think that Alberto Balde from the under 23s is his translator, actually. Yeah, I saw, I saw him that he's, yeah, that he's on the bench and, and he is a bit of a translator before he comes on. But yeah, just as you say, it's it's a at the end of the day, it's a, it's a move across the other side of the world. Of course, it's, yeah. it's going to take time for someone, anyone, whether it be a footballer or 
anyone working any job. It's going to take time to adapt to a new culture. And I mean, it probably isn't helping that he, he'll be walking down the street and, and some bloke is telling him that he's got to have chicken with a load of cheese on top of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. probably thinking ch- chicken and, and cheese and Bechamel sauce. Now, what's all that about? But, yeah. What's that about? Exactly. Yeah, he's, probably, he's probably being told every second of the day really that he's, he's got to try one so whether he's tried one or not hopefully he doesn't put pig bag over the top and stick it on Twitter <laughs> we all know how that's gone in the past the previous number 10s of course yeah yeah now actually again just going off topic completely you did say that your brother had had a palm oil yesterday at Derby now that's quite an interesting one we spoke about them not being sold at the Riverside but how was that from your brother's point of view yeah, I mean, we we went into the concourse yesterday at Derby and to see a a, a weird day special of chicken parmo in a bun. And I thought, well, first of all, it didn't say bun, it said in a roll, which we won't get on at the bread. Yeah, well, that's the bit to start with, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a disgrace. But anyway, we'll go on. It's it's a bun. But yeah, parmo in a bun in the, in the Derby way yesterday. My brother got one. And he was over the moon with it. He said that, and I quote, it was the best part of the day, which sums up Borough's performance yesterday. Yeah, if, if that doesn't sum up yesterday's performance, then that I don't <laughs> think really is anything to say about that, to be honest. But yeah, another question that were received, and I've just seen there, Nick Beal, again, shout out for him for, for putting a question in. Again, he, he spoke about centre midfield. We've briefly discussed that and, and went over that. Another question that we received from Paul Metcalf was, does anyone else find Warnock's substitutions baffling? I can't understand his choices. Now, definitely looking at the QPR game and going back a little bit, I think Warnock's decision to take Iqpiezu off was certainly one that I didn't understand. And when you're chasing a game, now I know there's question marks. Well, not question marks, but it's it's clear to see the way Iqpiezu plays you know, he runs tirelessly. He's battling with centre-halves. Of course, it's going to take his toll when it gets to 70, 80 minutes. But do you think that he should have been left on against QPR? I think in the case of Iqpiezu, I think from my point of view and from Warnock's point of view, as it happens from the changes, he must think that he only has 60, 70 minutes in him, really, before he gasses out completely. Because... It's the first time in many a year that we've seen a centre-forward at Middlesbrough that runs tirelessly for or for the entirety of their time on the pitch. He's, he was fantastic the other night against QPR, really absolutely running all over the place, holding the ball up, absolutely just battering centre-halves off him. At one point in that first half, just touching on Nick Piazu, we played a long ball up, up to him. And Jordi Device, who is by no means... Oh, he's not a small... That, that's no. the thing I love. All of these centre-backs that Nick Piazu's coming up against, by no means... You don't really find many centre-backs in the Championship that are of small stature. No. But Nick Piazu certainly makes them look that way. Yeah, Joe, I mean, Jordy Device, yeah, he's he's a unit himself, really. And uh, we played this ball up to Ikpiezu and 
has Joy Device has gone to like nudge him in the back and sort of ease ease him away from the path of the ball. Jordy Device has bounced off of Ikpiezu and found himself on the deck. And I was just watching it thinking, surely, surely he hasn't just bounced off him. Yeah. Like, he's, he just an abs- he's an absolute beast, Ikpiezu. Yeah, he's fantastic. So, yeah, go, going back on to the question. Yeah, Ikpiezu gasses at, at 70 minutes, I think. That's just, that's just the way things are unfortunately and at this current time with Warnock's neglection of Tuberakpom it's it's one of them where we we need another striker in imminently so that we can alter the playing style and actually have someone that we someone that Warnock wants up there as a number nine to do the business for us when Ikpiezu can't because I, I I think I heard in the press a few weeks ago in a Warnock press conference that he said Ikpiezu was coming in to as, as like a third choice. Yeah, again, another confusing quote that has been re- released recently. Some of the things coming out are just, yeah, strange. I think that's the best way to put it, really. Yeah, very baffling. But but yeah, I think, yeah, that, that's that's the end of the questions, I think, for now. We'll see you next week for questions. <laughs> yeah, and make sure you get the questions in, of course. So, moving on to the next game, we come up against Tony Mowbray's Blackburn, back at the Riverside. And obviously, most importantly, I need my cheeseburger before the game because, well, going off previous games, if I don't have it, we lose. Obviously, it's a game that we'll be looking to win. Are you excited to to watch the lads again? Well, next week, unfortunately, I will not be in the Riverside again. I'm missing games every week. It's less at this than Nathan at the moment. I know you, you went away on your luxury holiday, but you, I mean, are you even going to get the 10 games this season? I'm not sure, to be honest, the way you go at the minute. I know, yeah. It's, it's just horrific at the moment. Losing out on games every two seconds. But yeah, we certainly, well, the last time I missed a game was Bristol City. We won that game and you had a cheeseburger. So, yeah, we'll, well to continue good, that next good, week. That's a good point. Perhaps if, if, if obviously I will be going for the cheeseburger, let, let that be known. That is a, that is a certainty. <laughs> but if, if I eat the cheeseburger and we win and you're not there, I think it's only right that you're going to have to give up your season ticket, to be honest. It is. And I think, that prior to the game, you must take a photo of the cheeseburger, and if we do win, yeah, but you post the you post the photo of the cheeseburger on the board. I, I think, yeah, swear page. I think, in fact, you know what? If we win, then the cheeseburger is going on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It needs to happen. That, that's a promise now. Yeah, yeah. And if I don't, then anyone that's listened or watched, remind me, or Nathan. Or you yeah. just remind me, yeah, anyone. Yeah, the exactly. sacred cheeseburger. That's enough about <laughs> talking about cheeseburgers. So, Blackburn. It is, as I mentioned, Tony Mowbray's team. But another ex-Middlesbrough man that will be coming back, his first time back, big Danny Ayala. Now, it's a sad one. For me, I, I love Daniel Ayala at Middlesbrough. 
and it will. I'll, I'll give him a good reception now. Nathan, I'm, I'm sure you love Daniel Ayala as well. Do you want me to give him a clap on your behalf? Yeah, I mean, I think we all love Danny Ayala. The only sour taste that is left in my mouth about Danny Ayala is the neglection of playing through Project Restart, which a, a lot of players actually did that were out of contract. But the ones that will really stick by uh, Marvin Johnson and, of course, Mr. 299 appearances himself, George Friend. Just just for OCD purposes, that is really not great, is it? I think once, once he uh, runs this contract down at Birmingham, which I still find baffling that when he left us, he signed a two-and-a-half-year deal at Birmingham. I mean, yeah. what sort of clubs offering... Uh, I don't even know how old George Friend was when he left us. Is he 33, 34? He's into his thirties, isn't he? And they offered him a two and a half year deal. And then I've seen at the start of this season, they offered him an extension on that with another year. Well, so you know who knows? By 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 the end of the contract, maybe Stewie Down will be in charge by then. No, we love an ex player, so. Yeah, we do. Yeah, you, you can't rule these things out. Maybe Stewie will get the band back together. Yeah, Stewie, Stewie will sign a 40-year-old George friend for one appearance just to make it 300. Yeah, just to get about 300, but yeah. So, going <laughs> going on from George Friend making 300th appearance in a 40... That, the thought of a 40-year-old George Friend's really throwing us off, to be honest with you, Nathan. But yeah, on the, on the threat that Blackburn possessed, one man, and we spoke about names in this podcast... Ben Brerett and Diaz. Now he's decided he's now gonna represent Chile. And you know, I, I, I actually love the fact that he's just stuck a Diaz on the end of his name and has <laughs> sort of adapted that he's now Chilean. Yeah, he scored three goals so far this season. And in all fairness, and I, I know we're laughing at his name, but he's he's proven quite deadly actually for Blackburn. Yeah, he's on fire at the moment. Yeah, I um in my uh, player to watch for Blackburn in my championship predictions, I said it would be Brereton Diaz. Um, if they did lose Adam Armstrong, which they have, he has signed for Southampton for a club record fee. So, yeah, of course, Armstrong's a big miss for them. After last season, he was the second or third top scorer in the championship last season, which was fantastic considering Blackburn kind of tailed off towards the end of last season um, and finished towards the bottom half. But yeah, Diaz is certainly the man to watch for this weekend. Yeah, and do you think that, obviously, given our previous two results, we we were hoping for six points out of last week, but <laughs> it turns out it was only one. Do you think this game has now become a must-win game? Is it too early to say that? I wouldn't necessarily say it's must win but it'd be nice to go into the first international break of the season which is outrageous that it's already oh upon. yeah I, I loved I loved the Euros and I'm, I'm sure everyone else did but I was just really getting back into the thick of club football and it's the work for me I'm a real fair weather England fan you know I, I love all the tournaments but as soon as that first international break comes around I mean, do I really want to watch England play 
We've got Andorra in the World Cup qualifiers. Yeah. So there'll, there'll probably be some part-time, I don't know, florist or farmers or something. Yeah, I don't want to be too offensive, but yeah. Yeah. It's, we'll it's put it this way. I, I don't want the season to be interrupted. So yeah, as you were saying, go ahead, Nathan. Yeah. Uh, it'd be nice to go into this first international break on the back of a three points. Um, but yeah, I think must win. Probably not. Would it be nice? 100%. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the best way of putting it. And just in terms of personnel, obviously, hopefully we'll have some new faces in the squad by the time we play Blackburn. But are there any changes that from watching us at Derby that you would definitely be making? I've seen today that Duncan Watmore's back in training on Tuesday. So hopefully he'll be back in the squad because we we do need players that can get forward because that attack, attack, if you can even say attack, at Derby yesterday afternoon. Yesterday's really scarred you, hasn't it? Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I was I was stood in that away end from about fifty minutes onwards, thinking, "Why am I here?" Like, we 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 don't look like creating anything. They don't look like creating anything. It was just pretty abject from both teams yesterday. But yeah, uh, changes. What more? Of course, back in the squad. Hopefully, and just going for it, play play like we did in those first 20 minutes or so against QPR, just trying to get at, get at Blackburn, really. Yeah, and one of the faces, just quickly, just to finish up on, that we'll be hoping to see, Andras Sparar. Now, as of yesterday, I believe that there was question marks about the deal, and I, th- I think Warnock had said that there was a problem he was told about late on Friday night. Now, hopefully we can get it over the line, but obviously we'll, we'll wait and see. And and going into the, the final week, really, of, of the transfer window, just, again, is there anything else that you would like to see added that we currently aren't being linked with? We, we seem to be linked with left-sided players, are said to be linked with left-sided players, but we're yet to see any real real names, really. We, we had Bidwell last week, but he started for Swansea a matter of days ago at Bristol City for them. So yeah. I think that that's just a name that's being like t- touted about, really. So we, we definitely need a backup left, left full-back. Baba Rahman. Yes, but of course, Baba Rahman, yeah. We've been, we've been linked with him every transfer window for the past seven years or something like that. But yeah, again, yeah. yesterday, that's a name that we forgot about. Baba Ram, and yeah, he was linked. I mean, to be honest, with the wages that are being reported that Baba Rahman's on, I'm not sure whether he'd be coming in as a second-choice left-back, to be honest. But I mean, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, I mean, I remember being linked with Baba Rahman years and years ago, and I was fully on the Baba Rahman bandwagon. Uh, <laughs> the crazy, the crazy <laughs> chance. You're going to find that phrase because that, that <laughs> seems like something that if we do sign them, people could really jump on the oh, Baba Rahman bandwagon. Yeah, we'll be all over that. But yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think we'll be signing him anyway. But 
yeah, if we do, if we do, Chelsea must have seen something in him all those years ago that they signed him because they signed him for a massive fee. So yeah, um, left left back. We need backup left back. I think we need, despite us signing wingers, <laughs> we need more. <laughs> I'm trying to be. I'm trying not to be greedy, but we need. I think, just in general, the attack needs strengthening. Yeah, it does. I think we need two centre forwards. I think, given Chubarakpon's situation, and Uche seems to be sub substituted 60 70 minutes every game he's on the pitch yeah. so we definitely need some center forwards in as well yeah well nathan i think that's probably a good point to leave it on just i, I can't really get the the baba robin bandwagon out of my head now to be honest <laughs> i don't know if it's something that i want to be part of or not really that's i'll have to think about it this week sure yeah surely. We'll be all, we'll we'll all be on the Baba Raman bandwagon if he signs for us. <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. But yeah, thanks again for listening. That has been another episode of the Robless Podcast. Again, if you if you're watching on YouTube, leave us a like, give us a comment, subscribe as well. And on audio platforms, you know, Apple Podcasts, don't be afraid to give us a little five star review. <laughs> Write some nice things. It it helps. It supposedly helps. I'm not I'm not really sure how it works, but it supposedly helps <laughs> other people find the podcast. So yeah, we're all for that, aren't we, Nathan? Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Well, there goes another episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening, watching again, and we'll see you again next week for another episode. <laughs>